I just got a shipment of some of my favorite non-alcoholic drinks from Better Roads, and I'm mixing up a pineapple Szechuan pepper cordial mixer by Som with some club soda. I don't think I would have ever purchased some if it wasn't for Better Roads. And what makes Better Roads so great is you can mix and match non-alcoholic beverages all in one place versus ordering from each individual brand. This makes the perfect platform to explore and try out new brands while saving time and money. Hi everyone, I'm Marco Salazar and welcome to the For All Drinks podcast, your place for discovering delicious non-alcoholic beer, wine, spirits, mocktails, and more for leading a fun, healthy, and inclusive lifestyle. On today's episode, we'll be talking with Chris Becker, founder of the non-alcoholic beverage platform, Better Roads. Thank you so much for joining us today. Better Roads was born when founder Chris Becker couldn't find more than a few alcohol-free options. Even once he found them, it was very expensive to buy a six-pack from each company. This is where Better Roads comes into play. They are an online marketplace that strives to give you the best alcohol-free options from all over the globe in one place at a reasonable cost. Their goal? Make alcohol-free taste great, easy, and affordable. So here he is, Chris Becker from Better Roads. Hey, Chris. Welcome to the For All Drinks podcast. Marcos, it's great to be here. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited to chat with you today because you are one of my favorite destinations for non-alcoholic beverages. And the reason why is I order stuff pretty much every month from you all because you're the one place that has a wide variety of non-alcoholic beverages at great prices. So I'm really excited to dive into the origin story of Better Roads as well as all the amazing non-alcoholic drinks that you offer. So to kick it off, I'd love for you to share where'd the idea for Better Roads come from? Sure. Like most businesses. And I don't think alcohol-free, some of the great people I've met like yourself is is all too much different. It was solving a problem for myself. So I was on uh, a va- family vacation about two years ago and not drinking. And really for me, I was work, you know, it was a workcation. So my kids and wife were at the beach. We were in Hermosa Beach and I was at the local coffee shop working away, maybe looking to procrastinate, but knowing I wanted to have something at the place where we were staying that was going to be non-alcoholic, but not, you know, club soda, soda water. So started looking for IPA beers, which I like, and trying to get a sense of what's out there. And like a lot of people that are either listening or a lot of our customers or people that I meet almost every day had almost no understanding of what was out there in terms of you know, maybe Oduels or something like that. So I just wanted to see, and I spent the rest of the afternoon searching, discovering, finding, learning about certain breweries that had non-alcoholic brands, but even more, more surprisingly, or ended up becoming a bigger kind of discovery was breweries that were actually non-alcoholic in terms of their entire focus. And what that led to was a kind of really deep dive and also over $100 worth of purchases of six packs, 12 packs of different products that I wanted to try, but having no clue what they were going to taste like. And also probably a bit of skepticism about what I was going to get. So then I got those products and started tasting them got a sense of what, what was out there. I was getting all my relatives there. It was like, okay, I needed them making them score the color, the smell, the taste, what they were seeing and and thinking of the products, liking some, not liking some others. And then really took a step back and was thinking, I wonder if there's other people like me out there that would love to try and sample this and really get it. And also even learn that it exists and 
without having to do what I did, which was spend most of the day searching as well as spending a fair amount of money buying, not knowing if one sip and okay, I'm not going to drink the rest of this. And that's really where things began. And we even have that we offer an IPA sampler pack or a beer sampler pack or subscriptions. And really that was the idea. And Better Roads really came out of that, making alcohol-free, fun, easy, great tasting and accessible. Yeah. And, and you speak to a pain point and situation that so many people are in is one, non-alcoholic beverages and alcohol-free drinks are new to them. And they have this sure. concept of bad tasting, high sugar, sweet, super sweet wine mm -hmm. or beer, but also where do you find them all? And you have to order them from all these different places. And right. the great thing about Better Roads is it's a central marketplace where you can pretty much get almost any type of non-alcoholic beverage. So can you share a little bit about what was that then you had this idea and then how do you actually launch the business? And I think sure. one thing that I'd love for you to share is what's unique about non-alcoholic beverages and alcohol-free drinks is that you can ship them versus alcohol beverages. And that's what's unique at the center of your uh, business. Yeah. And th there's an interesting learning there too, which is you're right. It is alcohol-free, but what, what does what's the definition of alcohol-free? And then when you come to our site, at first glance, we talk about beers, we talk about wines, we talk about spirits, we talk about mixes, we talk about bar tools, we talk about books that have recipes. So it's interesting when we've dealt with even the technologies that we use or advertising, a lot of times we, we can, you can be grouped in into that alcohol segment. So that's been an interesting journey. But in terms of that piece, I, so I'm, my background is management consulting and technology and recovering management consultant, I say sometimes, and had start also done startups but they were very much in that digital technology space, software. So user-generated content and the aughts and things like that. So had some experience around, okay, if this is an idea, what are some of the steps you go through? But I had, you know, I have no experience in direct consumer in particular and e-commerce as well. So started bumping around the ideas and, th and knowing and spent probably close to six to nine months really working the idea. What is this? Is it valid? Is there a marketplace? What are the trends we're seeing? How many people are there even like me that, that care? And but still very early days. I would say like 99.9% .9 of the population are unaware. And to some extent, maybe not interested, at least at this point, I joke sometimes or draw a parallel that it's maybe like vegetarianism or veganism was in the eighties and the nineties, where it has a lot of benefits, but there's just lack of awareness. And the number of restaurants you could go to were very almost where there was a vegetarian dish were almost non-existent, except an Indian restaurant or something like that, unless it was a, a dedicated place and it was, it wasn't normalized. So really want, went through a lot of that and then worked on the idea of what are the various kind of attributes or characteristics that might define the type of people that would maybe interested in this. And it's all somewhat conjecture at that point. And then I worked with somebody who had helped me with the branding and that concept, really trying to think about what are we trying to do? And very much that led to, yes, we are the largest marketplace in, in North America for alcohol-free, you know, single marketplace for alcohol-free beverages and related adult beverages. But it's also very much about community and it's something I, I want to keep focusing more and more on, but really understanding what are the reasons or roads as the name implies that people might be taking to even have some interest in alcohol-free products for whatever reason and making that fun, easy, and accessible at least half the time since the idea and where we are now was spent on 
really trying to get a sense of the business idea, the, the, the outreach, the customer, what does that look like? Really validating the trends. And then from there, it was about a year of getting more into the operational side of it, really just for a while. And then the last six months is when we've really been focused and working on investment and really the storefront started becoming active about five or six months ago in a real way. So it's been a two-year journey, first half of it really me and then ideate and then getting into the nitty gritty in that second year. Yeah. And I think what's so fascinating is that one, this space, this industry is very young and then businesses being built on top of that and you learning just alongside, alongside many of the brands. And I think there's a couple of things. One, I believe and correct me if I'm wrong, that you launched right before winter or during winter. And I think you end up having to deal with things like the, some of the beverages freeze in certain places because it doesn't have alcohol um, in it, as well as always variable like shipping and different state regulations because of shipping. And it's a really interesting industry because in its infancy. Yes. So I think when you look at that shipping liquid in glass bottles with, for retail, which has is not the highest margin business in, in the economy. Some at first glance is like, why would anybody do that? And it's part of definitely this next generation of e-commerce that it, that was happening before the pandemic, but has been turbocharged with people looking and getting more normalized to buy online, a really highly curated, highly tailored experience for a very specific marketplace for a very specific set of products that has, that as overarching has been, is a real challenge. And I think is the key to what we're talking about, the ability to really tailor and curate to folks needs and tastes. And that's why the community and the content aspect and really engaging in a real way with what's driving people to be interested in this space is so important. But yes, when we really started launching out in the, in the, in the late fall winter, so we're talking December, January, we have what we had, what I sometimes refer to as the troubles, which was the deep freeze of February. So you can imagine that's a challenge for any company, but if you're shipping liquid that products with alcohol in it, as you can imagine, the the freeze point is much higher. So we had challenges with product inbound freezing and then product outbound freezing. The product expands when it freezes, the bottles break. It was a really difficult challenge for us and was, was was a tough time. And it was, we learned a lot through that and we are surviving on the other side. We did learn that a lot of what we're seeing is it's a real trend. It's a growing community. I think people are seeing more and more about what's op- what the options are and what's available. But yeah, that was, uh, that was a real kick to the head. You led me into the next question, which is I love going to betterroads.com because I'm always seeing new products. So can you share a little bit about when someone goes to your site, what are the plethora of options that they end up seeing? Sure. There's really a range from what I would call our curated experiences and curated collections and subscriptions. So back to that original idea of the business, bringing together a collection and it might be a sampling, but it also might be complementary products that, and other things, Vermont elements that might go in a book with a bubbly that is catering towards expectant mothers. There's a variety of things like that event-based boxes that we offer. So that's a whole category and a, and a, and a selection. So we have wine subscriptions, for example, where it's very much in keeping with this idea of trying and sampling, and you can get more of what you like and go from there. Then we've got really a lot of different product categories. 
So you've got beers and then within those beer, within the beer category, we've got IPAs and lagers and so on. Then wines, red, white, sparklings, adult beverages, which is really the, a catch-all category. But the way I describe adult beverages is two things. One is if you have kids or you know kids, they won't like that drink if they taste it, as well as it's not looking to be part of a product that already has an alcohol counterpart. So they stand on their own in that sense. So they're not an alternative to something, but they are an adult beverage, meaning taste profiles, probably something a, uh, a kid's not going to. And then we have ready to drink. So just like in kind of the general segment or even the alcohol segment, ready to drink is really an exciting area in alcohol free where it's a mixed drink of a variety of flavors and it's open and go. And it can come in small single serve glass uh, bottles or in single serve cans or we're actually seeing some interesting other formats uh, coming out as well. Those would probably be the main ones. And then we have bar tools and books. For those that are interested, there's a lot of great books that talk about sober curious or mindful drinking or recipes and, and things like that. Yeah, and that's a great overview. And I'm actually looking through a couple of my uh, Better Roads orders. And I think for me, I was really excited because I was able to get an alcohol-free gin to trying out some new things like cordials that you can put yes. into very different beverages to pre-made. I got a For Better, For Worse in the Saskatoon. Yes. That's amazing. That's great. But the thing that I was able to really experiment with was a lot of non-alcoholic wines. And I, th I think the great thing is you have a, one curated set, but also ones that you can't typically find because the winery may not necessarily sell online. And you're one of the few places that I was able to get one of the really delicious alcohol-free wines. Even for such a small space, the number of new producers that are coming into those various segments that we're talking about is great to see, but it's also, it's also a lot. So I, we really, part of what we do try to do is curate. We don't carry every single brand. And if it's things that you can get in your local grocery store, then that's not really where we add a lot of value. So we try to bring new and interesting products that you can't get elsewhere, products that are new to North America, products that we think add something unique to the overall kind of spectrum products that pair well for us in a box. So as you said, a gin alternative with some interesting kind of either a ready to drink that mix together. One of the things we see a lot of, we, we like is some of the great alcohol-free ready to drinks go nicely with a spirit alternative. So for one or more of those reasons, we see, we try to and curate and, and be selective around what types of the products that we're bringing on so that we're adding value where we can, because obviously the internet is a powerful thing and people can go to uh, direct to suppliers to get things or to, to bigger e-commerce sites like Amazon or to uh, your local grocery store. And that's great. But when you're able to bring things together or sample or really learn more about the space or stay up to date about the new products that, you know, every week we've got new products coming on. We think we, we we're a helpful place to come. And I think it's in a lot of places in my, or people, myself included, not always, but you know what does this does not have to suck alcohol free. It can actually be a surprise to see all these great products. And it's a benefit. It's a plus to be able to see what's out there and to, to get what's out there. I and mean, a, a lot of people, let's take a dry January, for example, or a challenge that you might be taking with your friends not to drink. Your first thought, at least mine for sure would have been, oh, this is going to be terrible. And what we're saying, and when you come to places like Better Roads, it, it, you can see it was actually, no, it's not. 
I think the exploration is great on your platform because I can see so many customers finding value, not only individuals, but I can see workplaces, I could see yes. events, I could see weddings, really wanting to order a wide variety to really ensure that guests have something that, that they would enjoy. Absolutely. And again, it's early days, but we are definitely trying to learn as much as we can about where we think there's interest. Corporate gifting and I'll call them happy hour hacks is something that we've started to see a lot of demand and we're, we've, we think we've got some compelling offerings for with the rise of Zoom culture, as you can imagine, and the lack of live events that companies are doing for their employees. Live events, a lot of large companies have event planners and budgets and that involves flying people all to the same location. Those needs are still there in terms of keeping your team integrated and connected, but a lot of it's done online. But to do a lot of the traditional things you might've done in face-to-face -face would involve sending alcohol to people's houses where they're virtually drinking together, but practically drinking alone. The alcohol-free offering there that we often bring one of our ambassadors in to do, uh, they'll host an icebreaker, a fun part of a meeting where they're the kits of everyone's got their alcohol-free kit with mixer and bar tools and a spirit alternative. And, and our mixologist will walk everybody through how to make that drink. So it's a fun way to keep the spirit and the ritual of what might typically have an alcohol component to it and bring it online and bring it to people's houses. And it allows a company to do all of those things and maybe avoid what we've heard more and more as a bit of discomfort with it always having to have an alcohol component, more at least giving people the choice so that some people can and some people can't. So you've got that alternative. So we're seeing a lot there and also really trying, and I know you're instrumental and focused on this, is bringing awareness to restaurants, bars, hotels, wedding event planners, that this is something that they need to be thinking about and taking seriously because while it is still very early days, there is a demand out there for people having higher and higher expectations about alcohol-free alternatives. Yeah, and it's higher expectations and also just like when you're hosting an event, you want everybody to feel included and you want everybody yeah. to have something complex or delicious or interesting aside from soda or orange juice. You got it. That's right. But I think we were talking about this right before we uh, started recording is that you all obviously have been primarily focused on e-commerce and that's the model, but you are going to start doing some in-person um, events. Can you share a little bit about what that is? Yeah, and we've been excited about this for a while. Obviously, over the last year, that a lot of that didn't happen. But both in terms of sharing live event content online, but also for the events itself. So we're here, we're located here in the Northeast, in the Boston, New York area. And we have a mobile bar that is going on its maiden voyage, actually today, to Hartford to a an event where people are going to be enjoying a variety of different mixed drinks. And we plan to do a lot more of that. So we're going to be out at food markets. A lot of our ideas involve being at beer festivals where of course you're there to taste all the great beers, but you might be a guest or a friend of somebody and you're going along, or I think a lot of people would be interested at a beer festival. A lot of beer drinkers I know, or even home brewers are really interested in the fact that, of, and have and seen a lot of what's going on with alcohol-free beers. So going to a place like that or a wine and cheese show, we're going to a home show in a couple of weeks. So we plan to really get out there, yes, to engage in a live way and working with retailers and bars nationwide because we do have the ability to bring a nice cross-section of product to, to 
a, a retail storefront or a restaurant or a bar, but it's still a sub sliver of what they do on a daily basis. So we can do a lot of that, but it also is a great way for us to engage directly with the public and the customers. And every time we've done something like that, like we've only, we've done a, a few small markets over the past year and every single time there's been a story as the com as our company name implies better roads is people have a variety of different roads that they travel that alcohol free might play a part in that journey every time i go out i learn about a new road and i learn about a new type of story so for us it's mission critical to get out there and talk to people and learn and hear and get feedback around what people like and don't like so for us it's it's we're, a we love to do it but b it's extremely important because at these early stages to find out what's what people are interested in and what they're not. And then we'll, we really want to share a lot of these events that we have online. Going along the lines of kind of what people are interested in, based on what you can share, what are some other trends that you've been seeing in terms of demographics, in terms of what people have been like purchasing or interested in? Is there any kind of growth in any particular type of drink? In terms of on the drink side, I think the big the big, more, the more mature, the whole space is immature or young. I don't mean it in a bad way, but within that, the more, the, the older groupings would be obviously the beers and in particular, the IPAs, the gin and botanical and gin alternative and the sparklings wine. And it's a challenge with alcohol free to come up with a taste profile that kind of stands on its own, but brings back or is a reminiscent of whatever in some cases it's attempting to be a part of if something's carbonated or has a sugar content or IPA with strong hoppy tastes that really helps in some of those areas. So those are some of the more established, um, still seeing a lot of innovation in those spaces. So the taste profiles of some of the newer gin alternatives have been really great to see where, and then, so that's one, the expansion of the spirit alternatives beyond gin and botanicals, particularly into whiskeys and tequilas has been as is something we're definitely seeing a lot of, and those are, and more and more pure play producers. Yes. Some of the spirit alternatives that have been, you know, really successful are adding to their line, but we're also seeing pure play whiskey alternatives in particular. And I expect to see more of that with tequila, probably a bit further down the line. Yeah. yeah. And then the other one would be ready to drinks. So a real growth in the number of alcohol-free adult beverage beverages that are single serve ready to drink. I've been loving the new gins and uh, taste even better. I was a gin person and it tastes even better than some of the gins with alcohol. And yeah, I think within the whiskey and tequila realm, there's opportunities for a, a lot more different profiles and something that kind of mimics directly the alcohol counterpart. And I think the other side that's interesting is there's an emerging, I think of it as direct and designer. And then there's these designer spirits that don't even want to consider themselves a one-for-one -one alternative, but are right. producing new flavor profiles. Wilderton comes to mind is one of my yeah. favorites that transports you to a beautiful lawn summer picnic or the Ertherin, which is in the Northwest woods because it's made with Douglas fir. And that's right. <laughs> it's completely different. I sent that to some of my friends and they're like, how do we drink this? And I think yeah. I was like, I just put soda water in it just to fully enjoy the flavor, but you can make so many new and interesting cocktails because of these new flavor profiles. That's right. Yeah. So even taking a step back, I'd love to hear a little bit about your own personal journey, professional 
spiritual journey is what's your work background? I know you said you're a former recovering consultant. How do you feel like some of your background experiences have helped prepare you and are integrated into the work that you do now? I think the two, there's probably three areas. The first is in terms of the experience is as much as anything from my own personal journey, as it relates to alcohol and you know, what that means or doesn't mean to me. And that kind of founder story that I was telling. So that's very much a personal thing. And is it an important part of really trying to think about what are the various journeys that are people are on and, and starting there from a work standpoint, the experience on the consulting side has really been more on the technical, our focus on the e-commerce and really trying to understand tailoring and curating that space and, and, and using that information and really driving that customer experience. So a lot of what I have done is related to, you know, web content and user experience and websites and things like that. So really trying to instill that, not just into kind of the digital e-commerce aspect, but by extension, kind of the whole customer journey and what that looks like in the customer touch points. And it's a challenge and there's lots of things that can go wrong when you, you know, click on a link to buy something. And then there's all the steps to actually opening the box the way it was intended with the product there and that for you to enjoy. So that's a big area where I think my background is, is really focused on that, the, and that customer journey and that user experience and how digital really needs to deliver on that. And then the second thing is, as I mentioned, I've been involved in a couple entrepreneurial startup activities in the past and know the trials and tribulations it's always different and it, you know it doesn't make it necessarily easier but know kind of the lay of the land and some of the things you got to go through and some of the things you got to make sure you pay attention to that really have nothing to do with alcohol free or even e-commerce they're about running a small business and i was lucky enough to be able to be a part of that and have a lot of great people that i've learned from and a lot of hard lessons that have helped with that but that by no means it, is is all the things that we're going to need to get us from where we are now to where we want to be but i've considered myself lucky that i've had some of those experiences that hopefully will help us get there to that end where do you see all yourselves going i know that you're a pretty early stage company the entire industry is pretty early where do you end up seeing yourself going in the coming years sure and yeah as you said it's very early we're talking weeks and months as opposed to months or even years one is really trying to really hone our direct-to-consumer and e-commerce offering, really upping our quality and our user experience and our ability to curate and tailor for all those different roads that people might be traveling, whether you're an expectant mother or training for a marathon or you're, you're drinking less or, or not at all as part of a mindful journey or a nutrition journey, or I would say doctor's orders, if you're older and you are drinking less because it reacts, you, your reaction to it is different or you simply don't want to drink as much. The whole cannabis movement intersects with what we're seeing with alcohol-free. Really, and, and bringing that community and content element to people's experience when they come to Better Roads. So that, yes, of course, you can get your favorite drink or subscribe to a wine club or do a sampler pack. And we obviously, that's a huge uh, area for us. But I want to be able to bring that kind of content and really speak to the motivations and aspirations and interests of, of people so that they can see and learn more and be us be able to tailor and curate to meet those specific needs that can vary depending on the segment. So that's one. The other one is, as we alluded to briefly, but you're involved in as well, is bring awareness to what's going on in the space to a broader segment. Just like alcohol consumption, you've got 
personal at consumption at, through your home or through restaurants and hospitality. So we're doing more and more in the B2B space, both with respect to offerings, because it's such a small element to restaurants, bars, event planners, hotels, wedding events, what have you. And how do we bring that to a wider group at scale? And the other piece is corporate. So offering alcohol-free as a new option for companies to, for their clients, for their employees, for gifting in general, that's a big space. And then we're really trying to thirdly take that knowledge, take that kind of basically capacity that we have in terms of our our understanding of the marketplace, our relationships with our producers and our fulfillment capacity to offer that as a service to producers and influencers so that they can engage their customers or bring their product to market that we're really more behind the scenes, powering a website for a new producer where we might be handling the fulfillment and all the e-commerce kind of plumbing, but it's really, it's their, it's their uh, presence. And we're more there as a service behind the scenes. Those are the three areas. The last piece that you mentioned, as I was doing a little more research, I went down a rabbit hole of a particular alcohol brand. They are able to ship their product through a similar feature. There's a company that kind of does the third party service for them. And that is one way that they can actually ship the product versus right. direct and get away out of the distributor. So it's really an interesting launching platform for new and emerging brands that could be a very small team yeah. that are really focused on the product. Yeah, we're even seeing that with on the influencer side as well. With one of the great things about this community, and you know better than me, is how collaborative it is and all the great people I've met and all the stories that you hear and the products. But there's also a lot of influencers that might be speaking to moms or people who are empty nesters and the whole are bringing a different voice to things that in the alcohol side, maybe there are certain preconceived notions. So I think of mom o'clock or wine o'clock and mommy juice and all those things that you're, there's a really great community out there of women who are talking about empowerment to say, Hey, wait, no, that's not everything there is to hear about us and lots of great information and communities bringing our products to those folks and allowing them to curate their own boxes is, or oh, collection yeah. is, it allows them to bring something new to their market, to their community that that we don't know about, or, or it's, it brings that to a whole new group of people and it allows them to be the real driver of that. And we're really more behind the scenes. Yeah, so. absolutely. And it speaks to the, the initial one that you pointed out, which is that typically in the past, a decade, if you don't drink, then there's something wrong with you, or you decided to right. quit because of some kind of bad reason, or you drink. And yeah, it's, it's very binary. Very You're either binary. okay, or you yeah. obviously have a problem. And, and I think what's emerging is is there is much more of a spectrum of why people don't drink. And more importantly now, it's not as if they people are forced to not drink, but they're choosing not to, and partially because there could be some healthier options available yeah. that just literally didn't even exist a couple of years ago. When we did the Dry January Fast Festival for all drinks this year versus we were gonna do one actually last year. Right. And it was like how I don't know how many fold more brands because it's so many more options this year and twenty twenty two is just gonna be pretty amazing. Yeah, and I, I like to think I agree, like most things it's not black and white, although our society defines it as a black and white thing. It's, there are shades of gray and it's, and I, I think the idea that 
hey, I may want to drink less or not at all. But if I even talk about that, not just to other people, even to myself, I've got a problem. So I think a lot of people, you know, I only go from my own experiences, that almost shuts the door on the conversation right then and there. So if, you know, what we're all drinks does, or for a lot of people we talk to, or for what we trying to do, especially with this idea of content and community say, Hey, no, it's okay. You're not alone. You're not the only one you can talk about this. And oh, by the way, there's actually some really great products that you can try that maybe allow you to have a drinking ritual, but without the alcohol or an IPA without the alcohol or a sparkling wine, if you're toasting something without the alcohol. Awesome. So as we wrap up, can you share what's your, some of your favorite or go-to alcohol-free drinks? I am super lucky because we get to talk to a lot of producers and we see a lot coming in. So every week, every Friday, we have our tastings of the samples that have come in. I like you, some of the new gin gins that we're seeing, Damrak and Wildertan, and some of those flavor profiles that and beyond. There's some new ones coming in as well that we really like. I've got, going back to you know how things started, at least for me, I love the various IPAs. So Athletic that's just down the street is has always been my favorite. They were one of the first groups I reached out to when we first started Better Roads to learn more about what they were doing. So they have an IPA and a double IPA that I like. And I've been experimenting with a lot of the bitters, alcohol-free bitters drinks, Bitters are for worse, as you mentioned. There's some alcohol-free ready-to-drinks like Nope that we carry that have four cool flavors. And uh, I'm pretty sure that she's coming out with a few more. And then there's some sparklings. That, there's a great number of sparklings that I like. I've been drinking the Naughty with some fruit juice lately, which I like. So those are a few. Love it, love it, love it. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for sharing your story, all the information about Better Roads. I know that so many people will benefit from either getting to explore non-alcoholic uh, and alcohol-free options or just make you all one of their regular go-to places. Where can people find you at? Sure, pretty easy. It's all the same handle, but it's Better Roads, but Roads is spelled with an R-H, B-E-T-E-R-H-O-D-E-S.com or on any social handle and you'll find us. Great. Well, thanks so much, Chris. Have a great rest of the day. Marcos, absolute pleasure. Great to talk to you again. Thanks so much for joining us today for another inspiring interview. I really hope you get a chance to check out Better Roads. It's the one-stop shop where you can find everything alcohol-free beverages, and it's my go-to place to buy a wide variety of non-alcoholic drinks. If you're subscribed to the show, thanks for being part of the For All Drinks community. I'd be super grateful if you can take a moment to leave me a rating if you enjoyed this episode and the podcast. If you're not a subscriber yet, be sure to subscribe to this and all the other episodes of the podcast to start discovering more delicious non-alcoholic drinks. Lastly, visit foralldrinks.com for show notes to this episode and sign up for our newsletter to get the latest non-alcoholic beverage news, special giveaways, discounts, and more. Here's to drinking healthy, inclusively, and different. See you all next week.